Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Lipton Green Tea is a simple way to up your everyday healthy habits. Green tea contains flavonoids, which are naturally occurring bioactives found in tea, vegetables, and fruit. Just two cups of Lipton Green Tea can help support health by providing approximately the same amount of flavonoids as eating 20 pounds of cooked broccoli. Available in new Signature Blend Green Tea and new Lemon Peach and Honey Ginger Green Tea. Try new Lipton Green Tea today. Anytime fitness is for real people with real fitness goals. I mean, let's be honest. Most of us aren't training for marathons or half marathons or even half half marathons. Only time most of us are running at all is if we're trying to make a connecting flight. Wouldn't have been late if we didn't stop to buy a headphone dongle. Point is, you gotta be ready. You do not want to deal with rebooking. Anytime Fitness, where real people help you make real progress. Join today and get a plan for training, nutrition, and recovery. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Jack Luke and today I'm joined by good friend and esteemed colleague Simon Von Bromley, Bike Radar's senior technical writer. And I'm also joined by Liam Cahill. Hello. Bike Radar's road and gravel presenter on our YouTube channel and special guest on the podcast today. Today we're going to be looking a little bit ahead into 2023 and summarising the five new road race bikes that we think we might see in 2023. In this podcast we've Done a little bit of guesswork, but also a little bit of sniffing around at catalogues of brands and thought a little bit about general model cycles. And these are the bikes we think there's a pretty good chance, but no guarantee that we'll see this coming year. We're going to get stuck straight in with one that we can almost certainly say is going to arrive imminently, and that is the new Cannondale Super 6 Evo 4. Simon, what's the sketch with this one? Well, we've already seen this. We've literally already seen it. In <laughs> I mean, Cannondale haven't said we've already no, seen it. No, but we I, have that's seen true. It. But we, I think we're pretty sure, unless they're going to spring a surprise on us and, and change the name, or is this a completely new bike, I think we've already seen it because obviously the uh, the World Tour season's already started with the, the Tour Down Under and uh, EF Education Easy Post and, and some of the Cannondale-sponsored women teams have already been riding it. Uh, I think the kind of general formula hasn't shifted too much. It's still a kind of lightweight slash aero road bike a kind of all-rounder racer but having seen uh kind of you know spy shots of it i think it's kind of got a little bit more aero and yeah i I wouldn't say it's got significantly lighter based on what we've seen but perhaps they've 
maintained the same weight and made it more aero. I like that you're guessing weight looking at photos of <laughs> well, You know what I mean? There's more material, you know. Yeah, those integrated scales that you've got in your eyes. Liam, what do you think of this one? And actually, have you ridden the previous generation bike at all? The previous generation, I rode once, uh, maybe twice. Um, all of these bikes look the same and they blur into one when you ride so many of them. Um, to be honest... Don't tell people that. They'll stop reading our reviews. Uh, yeah, yeah. You may as well. Um, basically, with... How dare you? With this bike, it's, it screams to me, I don't want to be... We're recording this on a Friday. Friday is a happy day. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to be a misery guts, but this screams to me of disappointment. Um, Cannondale, oh, wow, savage. Cannondale had many, many years to do fun things with the Super 6, namely move the seat stays back up to where they belong, joining the top tube mm. properly. Um, and they haven't, and they haven't really done much interesting stuff with this bike. Um, and it's a bit like the Wahoo, the new Wahoo that came out uh, middle of last year. It looks exactly the same. Internally, it might be a yeah. bit different. And there might be some clever tech stuff, but I don't know. It's just, we seem to be going away from the days where road bikes were really, really interesting to where they kind of just get a teeny bit better each time. But you're saying this as a guy who owns a specialised AFOS, which is the most boring bike in the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, wow. This, I, I'm really enjoying this sort of battle no, I, between I, the aero I, I, and lightweight no, personality. I, obviously, I'm joking. I kind of I know what you mean. Like, I, Would you have preferred if it had gone back to that classic sort of um, Super 6 style then? Is that what you're saying? Or would you have preferred like to go in a completely different direction? You will not find a bigger weight weenie than me. Oh, no, actually, you'll, you'll find plenty smaller. Surely should be a smaller weight yes. weenie. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lighter weight weenie. I, I don't really, in my day-to-day -day riding, care about aero, but I know how important it is for racing. And I know that aero is just so much more important than lightweight these days. You can get one of these stupidly aero bikes down to the UCI's minimum weight limit. I don't really see a point of the Super 6 for, for a UCI racer, you can probably have the System 6. And if the System 6 gets updated, it will probably be light enough to race. I I don't know. I, I kind of agree. I think I imagine the demand comes from the pros. Yeah. I imagine if you could, you can probably get a System 6 down to kind of 7.2, 7.3 kilos, right? And it's that last 500 grams that I think a lot of pros and we see it even in the tour down under on the flat stages you know the riders have a choice presumably between a system six the aero road bike and the new super six evo and a lot of them are choosing the new super six evo presumably because it gets close to that 6.8 mm. kilogram mark because yeah i agree I, I personally if you know if i was racing you know which i don't anymore i mean you know obviously never race at the world tour level but it would seem that you would choose the aero road bike on anything other than the real mountainous days but yeah. I would say we are playing slightly hard to get here. There is basic confirmation that there will be a new Super 6 this year. Obviously, we can tell from looking at the photos. But we also noticed on the UCI's list of approved frames, which is updated throughout the year, 
and includes all bikes that are raced at IA, UCI, in UCI-approved events, that there will be three new tiers of the Super 6. The Super 6 Evo 4, the Super 6 Evo 4 SL, and the Super 6 4 High Mod. Now, the middle of those tiers, the SL, is something of like a new addition to Cannondale's range, where the existing uh, range, we have just the Evo 4 Carbon and then the Evo 4, uh, sorry, the Evo, F- Evo Carbon and the Evo High Mod. That new mid-range model is just something that Cannondale hasn't offered previously. And the fact it's in that frame set list suggests there will be some difference between that and the other two versions. Precisely what that is, is is sort of to be determined. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's either a sort of midway weight option or possibly something that has slightly different integration or less integration. What do you think, Liam? Um, This is one of the few things about this new bike that I absolutely love to see from Cannondale because it will probably bring... Um, that bike in at a lower price point for the people that are actually going to buy it. Um, so yeah, I I think if if you're someone of our level and even slightly higher, you know, plenty of people lower higher than us in terms of ability. Unless you're, you're putting way too yeah, much on my ability people, as a cyclist, higher, yeah. higher ability. <laughs> many of you higher. Um, but <laughs> unless you're a pro, you probably don't need the the highest level group set, the highest level frame um, materials. So realistically, give us a good, a well-priced option for the 105 user that does not need the highest level carbon. I, I really like to see that from brands. In amongst all this, um, and we'll just move on in a second, there's also, uh, it's quite unclear what Cannondale's aiming with this, but there's a new program that's popped up called Lab 71. And all we have so far is a sign-up page, which says that Lab 71 will be Cannondale's best done better. <laughs> now, uh, it's a bit like CFR, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be like CFR, S-Works. S-Works. It's going to be some kind of it's premium a branding tier. exercise, isn't it? Completely. And I would imagine that the very tip is top-end bikes will be branded amongst Lab 71, possibly with like a custom paint program. This is absolutely complete speculation. But I did wonder whether perhaps the new high mod, as in the high mod referenced in that list of approved frames, perhaps that will be the Lab 71 super exclusive one and the SL will basically just be the high mod, but with less integration or who knows? Don't know. There's, there's One interesting thing on this bike, actually, before we move on, is that Cannondale does look like it's moving back to a fretted bottom bracket, Hallelujah. which is a big move, big move for them because obviously they were arguably one of the kind of originators of oversized press fit bottom brackets. Well, and yet yeah. it appears from the photos that we've seen that they're moving back to a fretted and potentially a BSA fretted bottom bracket. Is, is, are we happy about that? Yes. Well, I know you aren't, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never really liked BB30. I personally, I would have been very happy with a BB86, but I, I, yeah, I. It's an interesting decision, I think. I think it's just, it's one to appease bike testers in the public. Like we all know, and we've said in possibly every single podcast I've ever been on, (laughs) that, you know, in theory, PressFit is a very elegant solution. But like, it's just, that's just not reality, unfortunately. And actually, if you really want to read more about it, Simon has got a terrific column on site, basically singing (laughs) the praises of PressFit. And I think we did a whole other podcast on it. And I'm going to put that topic to bed now because they've heard all <laughs> these lovely listeners have heard us talk about press fit enough read it on a monday right. to really make you angry for the week 
It's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't let it ruin your weekend. Yeah. Yes. Right, moving on, the Specialized Tarmac SL8. Now, this one has been a little bit harder to sort of sniff out any details on, and we don't really know very much yet, but looking at Specialized's sort of general release calendar, how they tend to approach their bikes, the SL7's been around for a couple of years now. It wouldn't surprise us in the slightest to see the SL8, but there is a bigger question because since we saw the SL7, We've had the Specialized Athos, and with this, I will jump to Specialized Athos correspondent <laughs> Liam Cahill, who's going to talk us through what he would like to see in the SL8, whether or not we think we'll see it, and then maybe, Simon, you could tell us a little bit about, remember this, the Venge. Oh, I would like the SL8 to be way, way, way more aero. I want them to take advantage of that new, what is it, effective 8-to-1 rule from the UCI. Um, I think the first thing that we actually know about this bike is that it appears to be going to a fully integrated front end. Um, the Roval, um, I guess it would be the Rapide uh, cockpit that we've seen on um, a few bikes, seems to have no um, adjustment to it, um, which will... Give a little bit of context, explain what the previous system was like for those not familiar oh, with specialised all-rounder road bike. Oh, well, obviously you're all familiar with specialised <laughs> inner workings, but uh, for those of you that aren't, um, it was a, it used to be a two-piece system, so you had a relatively standard stem and a standard bar. Okay, so these were aero-optimised a little bit with the bar, and the stem was um, designed for the SL7. But effectively, you had all of the um, adjustment that you would expect to find with um, a standard two-piece system. And it was brilliant because you could actually tune your setup. And while integrated systems look very nice, they don't really give you that setup option. And um, with the new SL8, what else do you expect we'll see moving away from the SL7 sort of all-rounder, or perhaps sticking with, I should say, the all-rounder ethos of it? I don't really expect much. I would expect it to go to a um, an electronic. Is it is the SL7 already electronic only? It might. I well think be. you can use. I think either there is a mechanical sets. group yeah. set option. Yeah. I I don't. I just don't see them offering. But they might get rid of that. To be yeah. fair, I I don't see much changing. Specialized has already gone to a threaded bottom bracket. That's one of the things we've seen. Um, yeah, I I would just expect some deeper tube shapes, um, and um, you know, Specialized is a very, very good marketing machine, and they will sing all about how this is so much faster with the new Rovell uh, Rapid CLX two, um, which are tubeless now, um, and yeah, bigger bigger tube shapes. Thanks for the UCI. Let them play a bit. Simon, what do you reckon? What do you reckon this bike could be like? And do you think there'll be any uh, revival of the Venge? Uh, I mean, I would love to see it because I think the Venge was always kind of, you know, Liam touched on it earlier, like, you know, road bikes used to be a bit more interesting perhaps. But I think the Venge was always a platform where Specialized took a few more risks. But of course, they kind of canned it a few years ago when they released the SL7. I think Liam's right. And based on that kind of handlebar that we've seen, I imagine... And also kind of given the direction of travel of, of pro racing in general, you know, some of the kind of the speed at which world tour races are being raced at these days is just ridiculous. And so aero is just becoming the really big problem. And and so I imagine it's just going to get a bit more aero. I don't think they will bring back the Venge, but the, the Tarmac SL7 was supposedly not quite as fast as the last Venge. 
It was supposedly very close, but not quite. Obviously, it was significantly lighter, according to Specialized. I think this new SL8, if it exists, ideally, I suppose they'd probably want it to surpass the old Venge without getting any heavier. You know, it sounds like a tall order, but the kind of, you know, the Canyon Air Road CFR, for example, obviously is a kind of dedicated aero road bike, but comes in very close to that kind of 6.8, 7 kilos mark that that is kind of really crucial for a lot of pro riders. So I, I, yeah, I, I think I would, I would love to see Specialized go and do something, you know, kind of a bit wild, but I think the tarmac formula has been so settled for so long. It's always been that all round the road bike that I just can't see them just being like, oh, okay, the tarmac is a completely different bike now. It's funny, I just kind of realized, you know, as part of your testing here, I don't think the tarmac's one you've been on. Mm. And I'm surprised I've never heard you lauding the benefits of a two-piece cockpit as a man who believes very strongly in adjustability for cockpits. Absolutely. Well, I was going to say, like Liam said earlier, like I, I think the move to a an integrated cockpit for me would be a real retrograde step. You know, I... I, <laughs> I think, yeah, like the, the current... Um, setup is pretty elegant. Like yeah. as far as two piece setups go, like it looks cool, and with the um, they have clip on wings as well to essentially create like an aero shield over the cables and everything. It looks, I think, it looks pretty good. I and I think the gain of moving to an integrated system, you know, versus just kind of making the handlebar, the separate handlebar and the separate stem slightly more aerodynamic, but keeping them separate, it's got to be such a small gain compared to what you lose through not being able to optimize your position in terms of, you know, a longer stem or a narrower bar. Of course, if you're a pro rider who can request a custom cockpit designed to your exact needs, and that's fine, right? But for for most people who are shopping, you know, at the, the specialized concept store or buying online or wherever, you, you'll be given the one that comes with your bike, most likely. And if you're lucky, you might be able to get to choose from a few sizes. Now, you know, it'll depend how many sizes Specialized makes available. I know Pinarello, for example, with the Dogma F, offered sort of 16... Yeah, like absolutely yeah. dozens. Basically, every single size of stem and bar width that they made, they offered it in their integrated bar. So if Specialized does that, and you can get that handlebar swapped out, you know, great, I suppose. But personally, it's not something that I would be interested in. From fixed handlebars, we go on to the opposite of that. We go on to very much adjustable handlebars with the potential arrival of a new Canyon Air Road in the coming year. Now, we have, we, we know for sure there is definitely some kind of new Air Road in the works. We spotted Matthew Van der Poel, Matthew Van der Poel. God, that was terrible. I'm so sorry to... Dutch listeners. Dutch listeners. Um, riding what appears to be an unmarked Canyon Air Road with very, very subtle changes, which we'll come on to in a moment. But when we asked Canyon, you know, what is this bike? They told us that they didn't have any details to share at the time, except to confirm that it isn't a current air, current air road. So basically, yes, it's an air road, but it's not the, the current one. Liam, what have we seen with that bike? And uh, do you think it's about time the Canyon Air Road had an update? What would you like to see? Um, I, whoa, copy, my, copy and paste my comments from uh, the first bike, really. <laughs> it's very, very similar to what we saw from... Uh, the first uh, air road, not the first air road ever in existence. I know what you mean, yeah, like last, this generation. Yeah, last generation air road. Um, I would suspect that they will try and make it a lot less complicated for the end user. So none of the silly seat post thingamajigs to make it comfortable 
if they can make it easier to live with for end users um, and maybe clean up the AeroDS image a little, that would be yes. quite nice. Yes, Simon, you, uh, you reviewed that bike when it came out. Obviously, adjustability is not something we're ever going to turn our nose out, up at, but... You know, it's safe to say the front end of the canyon in particular is quite quite complicated. Yeah, so obviously for those who don't know, instead it has a proprietary fork and handlebar which has a kind of quill stem arrangement. Now the advantage of that is that you basically get... Uh, like in a normal can, like a normal quill stem. Yeah, like a normal quill stem. <laughs> you, get, you get height adjustment built into it uh, and you can do it in you know, using spacers and you get 15 mil of adjustment up and down. You don't have to cut the steerer tube. So that's, you know, in a, in a sense, it's quite elegant, but it also means that you can only use that fork and handlebar with that bike. So obviously, as Liam... Not that many people are swapping forks between bikes. No, but no, but it, but it means that fork is incompatible with yep. any other type of handlebar. So obviously, when Matthew Vanderpool had that infamous handlebar failure, Canyon had to issue a stop-ride notice for all of those bikes. And obviously, you know... <laughs> that was quite problematic. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to move away from that system because obviously they've invested a lot. They've in invested it. a lot in it. They've stuck with it with the ultimate CFR. And there's lots of people out there riding who have had no problem. Oh, absolutely. I love yeah. that system, by the way. Yeah. Okay. So, it, you know, it, 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 each to their own. I, I, don't, I didn't really have any problems with it personally. I thought the handlebar was very nice. You know, the kind of like adjustable wings on the handlebar. It, you know, it's quite a nice option. I think most people will just put it to the width they want and then just leave it forever. I think that that kind of thing was more about making it easier for a direct-to-consumer brand to ship to ship bikes around to people and not have to offer their consumers a different handlebar, which is fine. It you know, the, the kind obviously of you set yours to forty-eight centimeters wide. Why does they, <laughs> they could possibly go? Yeah, I mean, if they, yeah, that was that, but the, you know, but this, this is a problem is that you can't get it in a thirty-six and a one-twenty stem, right? So, you know, it didn't go narrow enough for me, but yeah, it was fine for most people. I, I think, yeah, the, obviously, the spy shots we've seen of this, this supposedly new Canyon Air Road, they don't look that different to the current one. We don't actually know if that's going to be the final one or if that's just a prototype that Vanderpool was testing. You know, I, again, I, I don't expect that Canyon will go wild with it because if they add a load of material and make it much more aerodynamic that's likely going to add a lot of weight which people don't want hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Lipton Green Tea is a simple way to up your everyday healthy habits. Green tea contains flavonoids, which are naturally occurring bioactives found in tea, vegetables, and fruit. Just two cups of Lipton green tea can help support health by providing approximately the same amount of flavonoids as eating 20 pounds of cooked broccoli. Available in new signature blend green tea and new lemon, peach, and honey ginger green tea. Try new Lipton green tea today.
So, yes, a complicated and difficult balance to strike. I mean, just before we go into another bike, I mean, I'm getting a general theme from both of you. I have to say, I feel like we're reaching peak bike. You know, there is there's little to optimize into, and, and few areas that are going to change. Simon, you've just shot your hand up with excitement. What are you going to ah, say? Well, because people, we we always say this, and but I completely disagree with it. I think, oh, I think all right, <laughs> I think there's loads of room. And we we talked about this in our tech trends podcast recently, Liam, didn't we? we and did. obviously, people should go listen to that if you haven't already heard them. Um, there's loads of room within the UCI rules to do wacky things. You know, the Trek Madone. SLR has a hole in its seat tube. It's very true. It's a big old hole. The Hope H, the Hope Lotus HBT has cavernously wide fork legs, a kind of you know double, you know, what a double braced fork, you know, big dual old crown. Seat, yeah, dual crown. That's the word. You're not a downhiller, clearly. No, and big old seat stays. It, it, the obviously the issue is is that everyone you know is trying to make a bike that is both aero, as close to six point eight kilos as possible and kind of looks normal enough to sell in large quantities. I, Liam. This, is, this is kind of why I like the Athos. Um, and, you know, not to make this an Athos <laughs> podcast, we should do that. Um, but because Specialized kind of just went... Specialized just went... Sorry, I'm just really enjoying I just know that this battle, this, this clashing of titans is really amusing me. Listeners, you're, Carry on, sorry. you're in for years of this. Um, so <laughs> Specialized made it lightweight. They made it handle well. They made it ride beautifully. They didn't concentrate on aero. I think it's fine with the public to do that because it's still so lightweight. And the the issue that aero has is that the you know the the Joe blogs in the street who likes riding bikes very fast still wants all of that aero, but with the lightweight. And I think we've got to really let go of the lightweight if we want the proper aero. So, yes, yeah, Simon says that there are bikes out there that really do push the envelope for aero, but it's funny to see none of the really big brands are, you know, throwing their full weight behind an aero bike, which they... I think it's, you know, we know it's because the pros don't want it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and ultimately it's very easy to dismiss the uh, impact or rather the influence that pros have on people day to day. But like people will buy the bikes that pros ride and they'll set their bikes up like that because they want to look like the pros and if the pros are saying 6.8 any heavier unrideable <laughs> then they're just you know they're not going to make big heavy aero bikes even if they are in fact faster yeah and, and, and you know to, to be fair there are a lot of people especially you know with, with strava and things like that where a lot of the time the only time people really care about being fast is uphill. Whether you're racing your mates, you're trying to go for a Strava KOM, it is hard, you know, unless you're into time trials or kind of, you know, you're actually a road racer, it's kind of, sometimes the kind of gains you get from an aero road bike can be a little bit intangible. So there is that. I, I, I don't think, I don't think we, I just, I just want to kind of push back against this idea that we've reached peak bike. I think it's more about, you know, w- it, it, there, it, like I say, you know, brands, as kind of Liam says, like they, if if they take a risk on designing a bike that's really, really out there, and then it doesn't kind of sell, just from a kind of a business point of view, you know, all of these bike brands have to make money, right? So they have to make bikes that can sell. And obviously, I think the Hope, the Hope HPT is a really, really cool bike, but would I want to own one? Like, 
No. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we should call one in anyway for you, the time trial road going version, so you can come third in the local eight mile <laughs> yeah, <lake> TT. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on, we're going to quickly touch on the Trekamonda. Now, full disclosure, this one is pure speculation. We haven't heard a hint nor a sniff, but. We've seen the Madone updated last year, as we saw, uh, said rather. The Damani was updated not too long ago. With Trek's other anima- anagrammatic bikes, <laughs> the Amanda is the one that's, uh, we, we reckon, probably due an update. And to be honest, I I can't see what they're going to do here. I, re- I really rated the previous generation Amanda. It's a very firm ride, but, you know, quite a cool, not overly complicated, nice riding bike. Liam, what would you like to see from a new Monda and speculating here, what do you think Trek might do? The exact same thing, make it comfy. Because like okay. you say, it was a harsh ride. Oh my God. If there if there was one... Very stiff front end. Yeah, if there was one bike that you really felt like you'd ridden it, it was it was that bike. And I, I know what Trek were con- trying to do. They were trying to make a bike that was fast uphill. And that's very good for the pros, but... For those of us that like going fast uphill, but the the uphill is surfaced by Mendip County Council and the Highways <laughs> Agency, that in you know brings with it some um, some surface problems. And yeah, it it just wasn't a great bike to ride on normal roads. Which actually, when I was looking for my Athos, it was a toss up between a few bikes, and you know the Amanda was just a bit too harsh. I am, you know, we don't exist in a bubble on Bike Radar. We do look at reviews on other people's websites. And I, you know... I, other websites? Other websites, Ugh. which we won't name. Um, and I remember when this uh, bike launched, I was very relieved to see that the general consensus was it is quite firm. You know, it is, uh, I dare say, almost old school. But anyway. Do you think that was partly because they spec'd it with 25 mil tyres of stock, which they, even at the time felt a little bit behind the curve? They did, Simon. But like a good tester, I fitted 28s to it to see if it felt any better. And did it, it did. It did. But it is still just, it is just firm. You know, you can just, I don't know, it's, it's quite an intangible thing. You just, you just feel it's quite firm. Simon, what do you think they'll do with the Amanda, if anything? Uh, I, I, yeah... I don't know. I think I think they would try to make it perhaps a tiny bit lighter, but there is a kind of limit to how much lighter you can make these road bikes. Like it already has a kind of a sub seven hundred gram frame. You know how much lighter can you get? I mean, the rest of the weight is coming from obviously group sets, wheels, tires. You know, since we've moved to disc brake bikes, the frames haven't necessarily gotten any heavier necessarily i'm absolutely devastated i was i was ripping and ready to make a gag there about well, wait till they hear about rim brakes <laughs> oh well, you've taken it you've stolen the thunder <laughs> <laughs> sorry if you'd like to go back in time no 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 it's fine, can, it's fine. okay okay um yeah i so i think you know if you make it more error obviously it starts to encroach on that kind of Madone territory if you tr- you know there is obviously a you know i'm sure you can build a trekamonda to 6.8 kilos relatively simply with some shallow wheels could they go the direction of the AFOS and make it a more kind of classically style bike you know i i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past trek to do that is that something you'd like to see mm, yeah 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 why, why not? not you know i i did kind of differentiate the bike from the other two where like it no that's not fair actually it is quite different to the madone and it rides very differently to the, the Domani, and it sets out with different intentions um yeah, I don't know. I like it. We'll see. 
<laughs> it's it's a really tricky one, and I think that you know this it kind of sits in this same area that you know the kind of the last bike that we're going to talk about in a moment. That I think it's kind of like in an age when you know aero road bikes are getting closer and closer to that you know UCI weight limit, they kind of have lost their identity somewhat. And I think you know specialized. Whilst it's not a bike for me, you know the the trick that Specialized pulled with the AFOS is such a kind of good one. Is the sense that like they gave their lightweight road bike platform a fresh identity that people really, you know, some people really chimed with. Mm. Hmm. We shall see. Right, final one then. Simon, you are our giant TCR correspondent, <laughs> TCR owner, so I think it's only fair you lead with this one. Again, like, this just feels like a bike that's not overdue an update. There's nothing wrong with the existing TCR, but it has been a while since it was updated. What do you reckon? What are the chances of a new giant TCR this year? I don't think we'll get one this year. I think the last one launched in 2020. I think they'll wait maybe an, another year, maybe another two years. I think the issue for the TCR now is that the Propel launched in 2022 and the new, the new Propel, I should say, the new updated Propel, the one I tested, a size uh, 56 or medium large as Giant likes to call it, was 6.9 kilos. With a pretty tasty build to be with fair. With a top spec build, but, you know, a build that a World Tour Pro could easily expect. And it was, you know, it was aero. It was comfortable. It, you know, it had decent enough tyre clearance, everything. It had sensible integration at the front end. You know, it's essentially the bike that I kind of, when the 2020 TCR launched, this, this is the kind of bike that I wanted it to move to. I think the issue for the TCR now is it's kind of, if it's, you know, for if you're a pro and you're racing a TCR to save 100 grams over a 6.9 kilo propel, it just seems, I, I don't know what the identity is for the TCR anymore, unless you're just that kind of person who wants the non-integrated cable routing, but then it's still a kind of, you know, a slightly aero frame set. If you want that round tube aesthetic, would you not just buy a bike such as the, the AFOS? So I've, as much as I love the TCR and, yeah, I've owned I own a 2009 Giant TCR and now I own a 2020 TCR and I think they're really really nice bikes that I really enjoy riding. They are kind of they feel like the TCR is kind of a little bit lost at sea. Oh, that's quite sad. <laughs> Liam, what do you reckon? <laughs> I think that if there's any bike within um, the you know the the bikes that we've talked about today that might do an Athos and and really go away from road racing and towards the lightweight category the tcr would be it like you say the propel has been on a diet but apparently got more aero um we say apparently because we haven't independently tested we haven't got our wind tunnel uh, we invest in a podcast there. studio not a wind tunnel <laughs> which which one would simon like more <laughs> well, I do there. like chatting as well, though. That's the thing. You can, oh no, you chatting can chat amongst in a next tunnel. to big fans. Yeah, well. <laughs> perfect. Um, to be honest, if I was a pro, I'm, there's no way in hell that I would be on the TCR. Like you can, like Simon said, six point nine kilos for a build that was, you know, still had deep wheels on it. It wasn't like they'd spec it out with some twenty mil. Totally, fifty mil deep wheels, and they were tubeless ready as well. Obviously, with tubeless tires, and obviously some of the you know a lot of pros are still riding tubular wheels. You could easily hit six point eight, I reckon. Yeah, I I just think with the TCR, if it is to have you know a, a bit of a, a rebirth, because I think it's lost a lot of fans with um, staying uh, non-integrated. Um, I think a lot of people 
Judge of Icon looks as we always do. Um, I think they'll need to make it a really a properly lightweight climber um, for it to for it to be popular again. Not that it's not to throw a boring hat. Let's say to throw a boring hat into the ring. I wouldn't be surprised if it was updated this year, but perhaps not as revolutionary as we might imagine. It could just be a running update to have fully integrated cable routing, you know, basically the same frame set otherwise. I don't I can't imagine it would require a great deal of Do you think it could adopt the integration system from the propel? Yeah, so something like that. Fork? Nothing but, sort of like extraordinary in terms of a revolutionary change. But, I'd kind of rather they didn't, to be honest. As an owner of a TCR, I, I, I don't mind at all the kind of non-integrated cable routing. You know, I think, you know, it's a bit like if you own an AFOS. For me, that's a kind of feature that I like. I, I just think if you're, if you're, yeah, I know, as Liam says, maybe people just want it for that kind of aesthetic thing, but I, I think it's more hassle than it's worth generally, unless you really need that aero gain. On a time trial bike, I can, you know, I, I would want it, but on a, on a bike for normal riding and non-racing, I, I just, I, yeah, more hassle than it's worth in my opinion. So these are the five bikes that we think there's a good chance we're going to see this year based on rumor, speculation, images, and just good guessing. Now, Liam, before we recorded this podcast, you said you wanted to add an additional wild card. Now, I'm going to grant you both one wild card choice each, no more than one. So, Liam, have at it. Uh, well, thank you, because I don't want to see any of these bikes that we've mentioned today. They're all, they're all, they're all boring. They're all the same. Um, I yeah. really want to see a, a, another cheap alloy road bike that actually excites me. Um, Specialized did it a little bit with the Alley Sprint, but it got a bit heavy. I just want to see something that's very, very simple, brilliant geometry, and yeah, a, a sensible component package, sensible price. That's what I want to see. And is Basically available. Basically, what you've just described is is a carbon, a, uh, sorry, an alloy ethos is what you've just described. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I need a, I need a, you know. <laughs> I do, I do think that would be popular though. It would sell by the bucket load, like CAD twelve frames, previous yeah. generation alloy CAD. Like they still sell for crazy money on uh, eBay. People love them. Like they've got hype behind them, and the CAD thirteen kind of fulfills the role you're describing, but it's a bit fussy. It doesn't from, look as nice. No, no, it doesn't look as nice. The front end's a little bit chunky for me. Like a good round tube. I mean, actually, what we're describing is something like a standard. They do exist. But obviously, we're kind of focusing on mainstream brands here. Yeah, yeah, it'd be very popular. Simon? I would like to see a kind of Venge Vias Disc Mark II. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would really like Specialized. Uh, they've kind of backed off the aero is everything sort of thing in recent years. There was a time when you know everything they did was about, you know, making you five minutes faster mm. and um and i just want to see them push the boat out a bit more like you know, like like i say like the tarmac is i'm sure you, know, you kind of mentioned earlier i've not ridden it but i'm sure it's a great bike and obviously you know for most people who are only going to buy one bike having a kind of all-rounder bike that is pretty good at everything is is great right that that's really useful but I like, you know, watching pro racing in the same way, you know, you might watch like Formula One or whatever. And I really enjoy, that's why I have this job, the tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want Specialized to kind of rediscover that kind of boundary layer pushing, <laughs> <laughs> that sort of spirit that they had a few years ago where they, you know, the Venge Vias 
the original one, the rim brake one, I, I haven't ridden it, but it was clearly a pretty compromised bike in terms of those how those rim brakes and the integrated cable routing functioned. You know, was said when he went on the launch, he kind of you know took the the stem top cap off and went oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> because it, obviously intestines <laughs> underneath the cap yeah. yeah and and so but now that we're in the an era with you know wireless electronic yeah. group sets hydraulic cables and you know hydraulic hoses and things like that you know those issues aren't so much of a problem i think i would just like to see specialized re- return to pushing the boat out a bit more aerodynamically speaking and they may well do this as we've already discussed with the tarmac sl8 but the as i said earlier the venge platform was where they sort of historically have taken the most risks they've par- had partnerships with you know, you know brands such as mclaren in the past and 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 i think if they were going to do something a bit more out there it would be on the venge platform nice well for me personally even though they're not really bikes that i'm personally interested in owning something like the trek madone this as in the new one last year wacky it's far out it's kind of done what you're asking of the venge there um with my editor's hat on uh, (laughs) they're also very good for the website because people want to read about them but for me like i like to see proper uncompromising aero bikes as liam sort of said the old madone was kind of that as well really um i don't i have no particular preference for brand maybe even a new model seems very very unlikely but you know we've only really focused on giant special canyon uh, trek here like these are all the bigger brands like there's a lot of other people out there who might do something crazy Merida's of this world for example their aero bike is very nice but so is their sort of all-rounder the Sculptura. Sculptura their Sculptura is also a pretty fast fairly aero bike like let's see the what's the other aero? Reacto the Reacto again like that could go absolutely nuts with some crazy uh, super aero optimizations. What, That's what I want to see. Wasn't that launched in 2019, 2020? It was Ooh. relatively recently, yeah. It was when oh, Mark know. Cavendish was riding for Bahrain. Team Bahrain. That was long enough ago that it could happen this year. I, th- I think if, if if we were going to see a big a big brand aero road bike this year, it might be the Cannondale System 6. Not a bad shout, actually. Yeah, yeah that was what, 2019? That was even earlier. Really? Even earlier, maybe 17, 18, that sort of thing. We first started Long time teasing ago. it. I mean, that is still, you know, I've, I've ridden one of those very recently. It's still a really, really fast bike. You gave that five stars, possibly. It was great. Yeah, really, really liked it. Whether you would want to own one, it's such a focused bike, you know, mm. it, it's kind of tricky, but like it was rapid. Mm. All right. All right. Good chat, boys. Really enjoyed that one. Lots of tasty stuff to look forward to this year. We've done plenty of predictions. You know, listen back to those other podcasts because we cover all aspects of cycling, gravel, mountain biking, and further road predictions, kind of covering more general tech. Liam, thank you very, very much for joining the podcast. Lovely to have you on. Simon, thank you once again for flying the Aero (laughs) PressFit banner. I'm sure your paycheck from Big PressFit is waiting. (laughs) And uh, as always... Leave any feedback on the podcast at podcast at bikeradar.com. We love hearing it. If you have any questions or suggestions for future topics, please do send those through. In the meantime, don't forgive us. Uh, don't forget to give us a five-star rating if you think we deserved one. And we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 